And welcome to JS Life, an aspirational podcast. I'm Patrick, and here with me, as always, is Hayden. My voice sounds especially good right now. Yeah. What's going on? Is it because we have the headphones I unplugged? Think, no, I think it's because we usually can't hear ourselves when we're doing a remote recording. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so when it's just the two of us or we're in studio, it's uh, it's that much nicer. Yeah, it's true. When, I, when, I, when I'm listening remote and you talk, I hear... <laughs> really? <laughs> That's what I hear. Well, I hear you through the through the headphones, I oh. suppose, but 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 the outside voice, I, I can't really hear your outside voice, right? So the the delay between your mouth moving and the audio in my ear is somewhat interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, remote feels like we're isolated to me. Yep. It doesn't feel like we're together in a room, yep. except when I'm like pointing at you and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, aside from that, I'm willing the passion to come out of me, right? I know you have some questions, right? I do. Um, I, have, I have some I have some topical questions. That usually, I, think I hit the, the mic like hot and passionate. And, yeah. You know, I'm just gonna drink this day brain plus caffeine over here. There you go. There we go. Well, I think it's important for uh, to be mindful and listen to the like what your what your passions feeling like if you're about mm-hmm. to have a spiel. And uh, so, in light of that, uh, I'm gonna ask some questions that I think will be high value to our listeners because I think. Of the people that I know, and I'm fortunate to have talked to a lot of people about this topic um, in, in varying degrees, some experts, some not as much experts, uh, you are on you are on the good side of the bell curve as it comes to, <laughs> as it pertains to I'll take that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. food and sort of uh, just the, the stuff we put into our bodies. And I'm and you're by no means like a major, major expert. Yeah, you place me correctly. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to place I'll, you correctly. I'll do a disclaimer. So, yeah. so for those of you listening, Pat has a deep sort of visceral underknowledge, visceral understanding. No, I like visceral underknowledge. Visceral underknowledge, actually. Of, <laughs> that uh, woke me up right yeah, there. Yeah, visceral right. underknowledge, <laughs> goddammit, of biology. No, I like that a lot. Biology. So he's, uh, he's aware of uh, very well how the human bio, how the human body works, uh, how nature works, and, uh, and biohacking and optimizing your own performance based on what you put into your body. So that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit today. Sure, and I'll say I, I don't have like... Um, I would say my intellectual curiosity is stronger in other areas, like like knowing things for the sake of knowing things. If nutrition wasn't so important to like how you feel and stuff like that, I, I really wouldn't be that interested in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like biochemistry, I'm interested in, but I, but I don't spend. You know, I'd rather read like philosophy books than read yeah. like a nutrition book. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, All right, I hear you there. I'm diving right into yeah, questions. Go ahead. Go ahead. So so let this. Uh, this is this is unprepared. This is just. I'm just going to say what I feel. I'm by no means an expert, but I know more than your friend probably. So let's go. Okay. Um, how should a person calculate how many calories to eat in a day? That's interesting. So there is nutrition facts panels. There's an Atwater system, right? And Atwater was this guy who had a bomb calorimeter, which was a device where he basically burned things and measured how much energy they gave off. And and he used those experiments to determine the macronutrient values. So what's ascribed to fat is nine calories per gram. Uh, what's ascribed to protein is four calories per gram and carbs is four calories per gram, right? All right. Just a second. I have to, I have to clarify that because for those of you listening, whenever you look at a nutritional panel on a food item, the calories that are present on it, that's based on a calculation whereby somebody literally lit on fire the subcomponents of that and measured how much heat came off. Yeah, so by, that means, by how much it changed the temperature of water. So, that, so a yep. calorie literally is, I believe a kilocalorie is how much energy it takes to raise... One gram of water, one degree, yeah, one degree. One degree centigrade. Is it one gram? So one milliliter of water because yep. it's a density of one. Okay. Yeah, one milliliter of water, one degree centigrade. And yeah. so for those of you listening, what that means is that the the sort of the nutritional facts 
numbers that we base our world on as far as food goes is something that a dude lit on fire, whether it was fat or protein or carbohydrate. And that's exactly what Pat was just talking about. So that means that the way that we measure what a calorie of fat is, is by some dude lighting some fat on fire and measuring how much energy came off of it. Yeah. And then there's modified at water, which and, is and, a little different. And so yeah. what's important to remember there as you're talking about these things to yourself is that our bodies don't digest calories by lighting shit on fire. It it's doesn't true. happen. Our bodies digest fat, protein, carbohydrate, all of those things get digested differently. And so there's a bit of a mis- in a vat of acid. There's a there's <laughs> yeah, in a vat of acid and there's a there's a bit of a misfit between the study or the testing mechanism to establish what a calorie is and then how our body breaks down these three different things. Yeah, so I actually wrote a blog that's up on Legendary Foods website right now, The Truth About the Calorie System. It's we'll it link with, to that. We'll link to that. In the show yeah, notes. it was with the input of people that know more than me as well, right? Um, so the the way that I basically see it now, as far as what I'm convinced of, if you want to lower your daily caloric intake, you should you should definitely maximize protein. So protein has a very high thermic effect, which means it takes a lot of energy to break the bonds that hold protein molecules together and individually turn them into amino acids, which you can digest in various ways, various Wait, so, pathways. So, so you're saying our body doesn't light it on fire like that like that test? It, it's achieving the same effect. It's breaking it <laughs> yeah, down, yeah, but by yeah. different means, right? Things are held together through electron bonds, right? And it takes energy to break those bonds. Um, carbohydrates are very easy because it takes carbs and it turns them into carbs. Uh, your body can only store energy really as carbs and fat. I wouldn't say can, but it prefers and, and vast majority stores energy as carbs and fat, either carbs as glycogen or, um, why is my thing making noise? It's never done that before. It's usually, <laughs> it's usually my computer. Yeah. yeah very strange. No, cause it, it shouldn't, yeah, it shouldn't do that. Hold on. Let me close that really quickly. Just mute the, just mute the thing. There we go. We're good. Okay. So it stores carbs as glycogen and it stores, uh, fats as, uh, you know, triglyceride, big fat molecules, um, in, in your, in your body and fat cells and things like that. Um, so usually with protein, it has to convert it to, to something and it can convert it to glucose, right? That's why you do get, um, and I guess we'll get into something a little different here. I know that there's the insulin effect, right, mm-hmm. of food. Um, when your blood sugar, sp- your blood sugar is completely tightly controlled, very, very tightly controlled. Like the difference between you and uh, a diabetic is a very little small amount of sugar. I believe it's about four calories of sugar, right? In our entire body? Yeah, in your blood, cis- blood okay. system, circulating um, blood sugar, right? So it's it's incredibly tightly controlled. It tells you how important that system is to control and, and what ridiculous um, evolutionary places or, or systems are in place to, to control that All right, blood sugar. We, we are going so deep right now. This is amazing. But how does a person decide... What was the question again? How many? Yeah. How many? How, so if you're if you're a standard person going, going through your life, you're an American person, and you're consuming. You don't know how to. You don't know whether or not you should be tracking toward a rough guide of two thousand calories a day, twenty five hundred calories a day, fifteen hundred calories a day. Yes, yes. Because that allows somebody that isn't particularly attuned to fine tuning their nutrition. It gives them a starting framework for where to. All to, right. Let me tell you the most practical thing right yep. now. Here, here's sort of highest level how I see nutrition. You eat to consume protein, right? You have to consume protein. You need to meet your daily protein needs. So hit that, hit those protein needs, right? 
Now you have a choice to make. You need to get fuel either from carbs or from fat. You, you can't eat a high-carb, high-fat diet. It, it's just not healthy for you in the way that you process, and it leads to things like metabolic dysfunction, fatty liver disease, things like that. Um, that, that, that data is pretty clear. So you need to eat your protein, and you need to pick. What are you going to do? Are you going to run on fat? Are you going to run on carbs? I would vote for uh, running on fat rather than carbs. But Why? Uh, so uh, and, and is that partly because the fat is really clean? And it's easier for our bodies to burn it. Um, or what are the so real real quickly? What are the what are the what are the core bad and good differences between fat and carbohydrate? So I, I would say because of the blood sugar control and because of the fact that insulin is such a powerful hormone and you're not really like your body's not really designed, I think, to, for, to in, have, for an insulin spike. Yeah. And it's not designed to have that happening so often throughout the day. Like the way we eat now, food is very readily available. Right. So you can kind of just be snacking throughout the day. And if you're snacking on carbs, which is what most people snack on, yeah. right, because it's readily available, it's cheap, mm -hmm. it's easy, tastes good. Um, you're just kind of spiking your insulin throughout the day and your All body's right. not really designed to, so to let's, deal with that. So let's talk through like a caveman. Yeah. In no way could they ever find a Skittle. Right? <laughs> yeah. They like, couldn't find Skittles. Right. They could find sugary stuff in certain like seasonal yeah. or fruits it's, and it's, stuff. I, I feel like the, the chain uh, an important thing to call out is that when our bodies were developing and our biology was more I mean, I, the food was less readily available. Yeah, evolution is and, very, and, and, very and, and, slow. And so picture somebody yeah. 10,000 years ago, 20,000 years ago. They just stumble upon a giant thing of honey or they find a bunch of fruit trees that are ripe. You're going to gorge yourself as if that was a windfall. And then you juxtapose that and you compare it against the standard American diet today, which is just picture this with me. Somebody wakes up and... They pour themselves some coffee, and then for breakfast, they have a giant bowl of sugary cereal or frozen waffles. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of insulin that's created because you have a big sh sugar spike, right? Mm -hmm. And then on their way to work or when they get to work, they have a giant 44-ounce uh, sugary soda with 65 yeah, yeah. with 65 because artificial sweeteners are bad and they want the real thing with, quote unquote. Si with 60 <laughs> with 65 grams of sugar in it i was being sarcastic and then ahead. that leads to another insulin spike right because there's another sugar rush and then another insulin spike and then for lunch you have a really fat sandwich with a lot of bread and then a cookie afterward mm -hmm. and then you have an afternoon snack maybe it's a candy bar at your desk at three o'clock or something like that mm -hmm. and then for dinner you have a giant bowl of pasta or macaroni and cheese or lasagna or a pizza mm -hmm. or more burgers for dinner and so what that means is that our bodies i think what you're saying is that our bodies are not attuned to go through those boom bust cycles throughout the day, right? Yeah, I'm trying to create simple um, ideas here because one, I'm not qualified to go through the entire comprehensive reasons why I would choose fat over carbs, but and, and two, I just want to make it easy and kind of just sprinkle a little we, nuggets we, of We want these curiosity, we want actionable, action, actionable takeaways, yeah. yeah. So, so number one would be insulin sensitivity, right? It's like a very important metric in measuring someone's overall health, right? And when you just bathe cells in insulin against like the, the sensitivity goes up and up. If you think of it like caffeine tolerance, it'd be mm -hmm. the same kind of concept of developing a tolerance. And eventually you need more and more and more. And it's not that the insulin just lowers blood sugar by causing a bunch of receptors to go to the surface of the cell and let glucose in from the blood into the cell, thus lowering blood glucose, right? Mm -hmm. It does other things too. And, and like hormones are complex. Like it's why it's why hormone or gland uh, diseases or issues are so like 
problematic uh, everywhere. Uh, like uh, troubling to me because it's yeah. so complex, yeah. right? Um, just the interplay between these hormones. So that's the one thing. You don't want to just be boosting one hormone over and over and over, especially something so powerful as insulin. The other thing is there there is a rate to how much you can convert carbohydrate into storage, and that rate depends on your liver, right? This is why traditionally you would have, so alcohol metabolized by the liver, right? And people that drink heavily and consume so much alcohol, you can only convert so much alcohol down the metabolic pathway into a usable unit, right? Something you can store or use as energy, right? And that's why people get fatty liver because the liver's like, I, I have 100 units, I can only process 10 an hour and you keep putting more units in here. So I'm just going to convert it real quickly to fat and it's going to sit on my liver as fat. And that's why you get that inflamed, gross beer belly kind of liver cirrhosis and all this shit. Um, so that's something you used to really see in alcoholics was fatty liver disease. Now you see it even in young people, right, who aren't drinking any amount of alcohol at all because that rate limiting step exists for carbohydrates, specifically sugars, more most um, uh, dangerous fructose, being mm-hmm. fructose. Um, so that would be the the other thing. All right. So to try and take that down to Hayden level, uh, dumb it down to dumb it up to Hayden level. Yeah, um, you know, I dumbed it down for, you know, okay. Yeah, All yeah. right. So you call me dumb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just think of the liver as a thing that makes a into B. There's lots yeah. of different A's and lots of different B's, right? Alcohol is one. And, so, uh, and, and what's scary there, carbs, simple carbs would be another one. And yeah. what's scary there is that one of the common badnesses of long time alcohol consumption, consistent abuse of alcohol is has the same downstream effect on your liver liver disease as eating a very very carb insulin sugar spike heavy diet yeah so in the modern era we've had to invent a name for this it's called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease if you went back 200 years there was nobody with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease i mean if you went back 100 years there's probably some people because there's still carbs being being made and stuff like that um, but pre-agriculture, certainly yep. there was no humans walking around with fatty livers at the age <laughs> yep. of eight. Like yep. it, it's absolutely new and unprecedented. Okay. So let's fast forward to today. And given the, these premises that we've established that it's, you have to consume your protein every day. Mm-hmm. And then I agree with you. And I think for the sake of continuing this on to be as actionable as possible, I think it's safe to operate with the, with the understanding that fat is a better source of energy than carbohydrates so you want protein and fat in your diet well let me let me give you another reason a lot of people i i've I've always been trying to gain like muscle so gain weight right like Mm -hmm. with with minimal effort i Mm -hmm. guess not not trying i don't i'm not that intentional or else i'd be much bigger than i am right Mm -hmm. but uh you know i I can't think of anybody who wants to gain fat right like the most popular new year's resolution is lose weight right and if you were to ask me, like, what's the best way to maintain a healthy weight, which really just means maintain a lower body fat percentage, right? Nobody really cares about the number. They care about body fat, right? Yeah. If they were 220 and swole, they wouldn't be like, oh, I got to lose weight. No, <laughs> yeah. no, because their body fat's very low. That's what yeah. people actually care about, right? Fat is very satiating. Like, it's tough sa- satiating. It's, it's yeah. tough to overeat on a ketogenic diet. This is what people learn very quickly. So, so what, what, so what, what Pat I think means by that is that if you eat something that's really, really fatty and really, really rich, you, yeah. you, you, you feel satisfied to the point where you're, you, it's almost like you don't want to taste any more of something that rich. Yeah, and I'll give you the counter. Carbohydrates, like one of the things that insulin does, is kind of increase your appetite in a way. Uh, and I think everybody has that experience of snacking on chips. Like the entire slogan of Lay's is, "Bet you can't eat just one." Right? Like <laughs> it's so fucking obvious, right? 
But if you're eating something high in fat and protein, like these are the things that signal satiety. Like these are the reasons you feel full is fat and protein. Mm -hmm. And in fact, there are many, many studies to demonstrate this, that like what your brain is looking for to feel that sense of fullness, that sense of satiety is specifically certain proteins. So certain amino acid levels, like that's what it's measuring. And you will overeat until you hit those amino acid levels. So if you're eating a diet that's very high in carb and low in protein, you're going to have to eat a lot more calories to hit your protein needs. And you're going to feel those hunger signals throughout the day. If you're eating a diet that's very high in fat and protein, you're going to like meet those protein feel, signals need. Yeah. You're not going to feel that that I need to eat I had like ravenous hunger even mm-hmm. when you've eaten, you know, 3000 calories yep. already. It's very difficult to overeat on a ketogenic diet. You have to have I would say sort of a, a mental issue like like to where you're not obeying your hunger signals, right? Yeah. right? To do that. If you're if you're sort of a person that obeys their hunger signals and eats until they're full, it's going to be very difficult for you to overeat on a ketogenic diet. Beautiful. Okay. So I want to transition to what a person can eat in a particular day. And I know that there's, so this is, there's an enormous spectrum here of what you could eat. You could be in deep, deep, ultra strict ketosis, which I'm not, which, which, which some people do for a time. I've done it for a time. It's difficult to keep up. And then on the polar opposite end of that, it's that diet that we just described, where it's 4,500 to 5,000 calories, where you've got giant sugary cereal or waffles in the morning, and then a giant soda in the morning, a giant soda in the afternoon. You got a carb-heavy lunch and then a huge carb-heavy dinner, followed by ice cream and cookies. And so in looking at that spectrum, I want to focus in on sort of the 20% that's closest to the strict ketogenic diet. Mm -hmm. Because that's the one where it's high, high protein or enough protein for your needs, enough fat for your needs, but very low carb. Yeah, I want to make this very easy and accessible. Mm-hmm. So let me, I'm going to do this very quickly. Please, okay. Yeah. So here's, here's how I, my nutrition philosophy, right? Yep. So we have three macronutrients. We have fat, protein, and carbs, right? Fat makes you feel full, um, you know, energy pretty readily available, high caloric density. So there's a lot of energy available there, but it makes you feel really full. So ideal protein also makes you feel really full, very low energy density, right? It takes a lot of energy to break bonds. I know it's listed at four calories per gram. I'd probably say it's closer to two and a two and a half. And there is data to back that up, right? Carbs very readily break those bonds. Nothing, nothing is easier to metabolize than carbohydrates. And specifically to that point, a lot of people are like, Oh, I just need to avoid sugar. Pretty much all carbs, aside from fibers and, and, you know, indigestible carbs, become sugar very quickly. Like, it all turns into glucose, right? So avoiding sugar, yes, good, because you're, you're bypassing some of that liver metabolism issue and fatty liver aspect, but you're, you're eventually, you're spiking your blood sugar just the same. Um, and also not very satiating at all. Like, mm-hmm. you eat carbs, you want to eat more carbs, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, what's the symptom of a donut? You want to eat another donut, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. It's not like, oh, I'm full, like, <laughs> yeah. unless you just have a stomach ache, which is another aspect, right, mm-hmm. from all the sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really see that much benefit aside from fucking delicious, right? Yep. So th- that, that's my philosophy is you need to eat protein, pick your fuel, I pick fat. So I eat mm-hmm. a diet that's pretty high in fat and protein and pretty low in carbs, and that's my rationale. Okay. And, and I'm sticking to it. Perfect. All right. So let's talk about some of the foods. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say a food and I want you to say whether it's good, great, or bad. Good, bad, sometimes food. <laughs> good, bad, sometimes food. Yep. Well, you know, cookies are a sometimes food. Cookies you know, are sometimes cookie monster. Cookies yeah. are a sometimes food. Yeah. So, um, chicken breast. 
Yeah, always. Always. Go for it. That's Although it. you can't just live on chicken Of course, breast. of course. These, this, these are components that you want to in- include in a well-balanced diet. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. So I would say chicken breast, great. Eat it whenever you want. It's super low calorie. Like It's pretty much just protein, and it's probably like 4% fat or something like that. Um, and again, I think if your chicken breast is listed, if your serving or whatever is listed at 500 calories per this amount of chicken breast, in my mind, it's actually the actual calories you're eating is closer to probably like 260 to 300. So okay. around there. Okay. Next one is a 80, 20 ground beef. Yeah. Wonderful. And in fact, that's my desert Island food. I think just beef in general, not eggs. I think I'd rather have meat. Like <laughs> I, 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 I know, yeah. I know per, Yeah, my personal preference would be it. All right. So yeah, 80, so, so 80, 20 ground beef. And then what about, um, what's another one? What about fruit? Like oranges and apples? I don't really eat fruit. I think it's just, a. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast to me. It's just a nature trick. <laughs> you know, if plants could walk, fruits wouldn't exist. Right? Yeah. It's just that they can't move and they need you to move the seeds around. So yeah. here, eat this thing and shit it out, you know, a mile down the road. Thanks. Yep. Appreciate it. Gotcha. Um, I will say there there is plenty of evidence and I think this is pretty much gospel at this point that like sugar in the context of fruit is not as bad as, you know, pouring sugar on your tongue or mm-hmm. the worst context of sugar would be in a liquid form. The yeah. absorption is like outrageously light years fast. So and a sugary soda? Sugary soda is like perhaps the worst thing you could consume <laughs> in the world. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because even like a, you know, there's like, like lick and dip shit like, <laughs> yeah. where you're just really just mainlining sugar. <laughs> yep. It's not in a liquid form. In the liquid form, you can, you can main, like you can consume it so much faster. So you bought like, the absorption rate? Yeah. Because you can swallow it dissolved in a liquid. Like yeah. the, and the amount of sugar you can hide in a liquid is it's insane. Astu- it's, like it's It's amazing what you can do. Okay. Um, what so a- that would be the absolute worst thing you could possibly eat. Now in the context of fruit the liver metabolism aspect is is helped a little bit because the fiber is along with the sugar and it slows down the absorption a little bit, which slows down, you know, the required rate of conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there are some nutrients in fruit. So, I, I mean, it's like, you know, do you want to get stabbed by an eight-inch knife or a two-inch knife? To me? Yep. Obviously, the two-inch knife is better, right? Yep. But you're still getting stabbed. Yep. So, What about uh, cheese? Sure. Yeah, go for it. What's goody with cheese? Although the vegans are going to hate me for this episode, right? Yeah. I, I, I think I think um, in an ideal world, I wouldn't have to eat animals for sure. But Are I, we I, talking about cheese or veganism right now? Well, cheese comes from animals, right? Yeah. <laughs> so does meat. So does ground beef. So does yeah, chicken. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We started with those. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't want to get into that topic. It's too murky for so me. So we're it's, not talking about veganism. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about the food option ingredient. <laughs> Just macro wise. Yeah, cheese. cheese great. Yes. Yeah, high fat. Yeah, sure, sure. High fat, low carb. Not much protein, but sure. Okay, so that means you could have cheese. All right, what about salad? Lettuce. Yeah, just plain lettuce. Yeah, it's just water. Okay, <laughs> so there's nothing to it. Okay, yeah, it's just water and fiber. Like, yeah, there's there's not much to it, right? The problem with salads is is that the lettuce is a mere vehicle. Yeah, for, for sugary dressings. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Okay, what about? Um, but also, let me do a disclaimer. Yeah, 
I'm think I'm talking about this completely nutritionally. Yeah. It's not like I'm some uh sage like uh stoic uh perfect <laughs> nutrition monk who, you know, yeah, practices uh, the most discipline, discipline yeah. exact percentage. Yeah, so right? we we're like, we're the non element of life as yeah, well. We're the yeah. non food scale. I had ones. ramen on Monday. <laughs> yes. You know? I had ramen <laughs> I had ramen yesterday. And so yeah, that's yeah. the thing. And and it's up to each person to bet to sort of set their own recipe or balance for how much they want to indulge. Yeah, and here's my guiding principle. Like Fat and protein uh, limit carbs, right? I think every gram of carbohydrate you can limit is ultimately good for you because you're saving your liver having to do that stuff, mm-hmm. and you're you're limiting insulin by a certain measurable effect, right? Um, but a lot of people would argue with that, and and I mean, I, I guess that's my other disclaimer is I, 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 it's not my job to convince anybody, right? Like, and I'm not I don't try to learn stuff so I can teach other people mm-hmm. all the time. I, I people tell me that all the time, and I I can't connect to it, right? Like. Sure, it's fun, but but things like nutrition are so contentious that, uh, you know, amongst certain crowds, I love talking about it. And amongst the majority of crowds, I shut the fuck I up. I don't even touch it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like radioactive now. Yep. Right. And everybody, and here's the, here's it's the like tough, some political position. Yep. And now. here's the tough part with food is it's such a subjective individual thing that everybody has a very strongly formed, very them opinion. It becomes an identity. For right? sure. Like, if you, if I woke up tomorrow and there was research suggesting donuts were the best thing to eat, you know, I'd flip my opinion immediately. Yes, <laughs> right? like, they're delicious. I'm not married to any of this, right? And, and like data comes out all the time and a lot of data is flawed. So there's never like a clear consensus, right? Um, that's part of what makes nutrition fun is, is everybody argues and, and I like that environment when it's done in good faith, right? But um, I just have to throw this disclaimer out there because I, I know it's such a radioactive topic yeah. now. Like every topic is becoming. What know? about pasta? I'm taking it back to these actuals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, at this point, it's pretty easy to gauge my opinion on. I know. It. I know. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so, but for the listeners, so you, you know, the, what the, about a high carb thing? Yeah, I'm probably going to stay away from it. <laughs> of course, but it's important for our listeners who might not know as sure, much as we sure. do about this to help them sort of categorize some of these things into being good and bad. Oh, yeah. You know what? I do think people should have some basic knowledge of nutrition. Like, it's like you eat every day and it's something you have to do. Shouldn't you have some basic understanding of that thing? It's like it's like telling me, uh, you know, I kind of know how to breathe. I'm not that interested mm-hmm. in it, but about, I know the air goes in. What about oatmeal? Oatmeal. Uh, I know people are going to say it's got complex carbs and... Uh, there's certain things nutritionally that like they sound really good like um and i think they've done a lot of harm like everything in moderation right didn't you hear that growing up and you Mm -hmm. still hear it now just as a justification it's just like i want to eat this thing like be honest about what you're doing right it's okay to fuck up and do something because it tastes good and you want to enjoy life right beer is delicious nachos after going to the bars is delicious eating a hot dog at a baseball game is delicious so it's like there's plenty of forms of self-harm that are fun and enjoyable right Mm -hmm. uh food is one of them for a lot of people right so you know, everybody's going to die. We talked about this on the last thing. If yeah. you want to live a little longer, you know, probably uh, stay away from uh, what's the human gliding thing? Uh, wingsuiting? Yeah, oh, pro- squirrel suiting. Uh, yeah. Base jumping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, if you want to live long, you know, probably eat fat and protein and don't base jump uh, yeah. would be my advice. But if you don't really care and you just want to enjoy the time you know, that you have, then, uh, you know, wake up every day, eat whatever the mm-hmm. fuck pasta you want. What about sushi? Yeah, you know, aside from food poisoning, I wouldn't eat sushi every day because of the mercury issue. But um, yeah, that's raw fish. There's rice, so that's you know. Well, it depends what type of sushi. If you're eating mm-hmm. like a ricey roll thing, then yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty high carb. Yeah. All right, but, all right. What about uh, eggs? 
Yeah, wonderful. Eggs are Super great. nutrient Eggs dense. are great, right? Yeah, and I... Uh, oh, this is a good topic, actually, because I have no sort of fear of cholesterol. I know that's been beaten into people's heads that dietary cholesterol somehow magically becomes cholesterol in your blood. And this is actually a good thing to mention. Like, here's something people get horribly wrong about nutrition. They think that when they eat like 800 milligrams of cholesterol, it becomes cholesterol in their blood. And they think cholesterol just, I don't know what they think cholesterol is. It's probably just a word to most people, right? I don't I, think anybody has a concept of I, what I, it is. I picture it as one of those visualizations of like, like what, pla- it, what pla- is cholesterol pla- pla- plaque buildup in your, I, I just picture it like, Forming one of those like like Looney Tune style like the, the the windows closing on your artery kind of oh block, yeah 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 kind yeah. of blockages. So the plaques happen for all sorts of different reasons. For the most part, it's arterial damage that leads to inflammation and it just kind of sits there so and stagnates it, so over it, time. So right? is it physical damage? Like if you get yeah 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 like sclerosis, atherosclerosis, right? Like it you get a little damage to the arterial lining and then what immune co- cells what, come in what, and, what? and it's this big complex mix of immune cells and things like that. And then that creates a road, that creates yeah. a roadblock. What causes it, man, cardiovascular stuff is so confusing and complex that I've tried to understand it. And I've listened to like all the highest level podcasts on it and, um, tried to read books on it and it, it's just so murky and everybody disagrees. And even mm-hmm. the smartest people are like, I don't know. Like, there's no clear rules as to good and bad yeah. with, with uh, cardiovascular stuff. Yeah. Like, I just don't think we're at a point where I can, like, prohibitively say, like, this is what causes this yeah. when it comes to uh, cardiovascular issues and atherosclerosis, even though it's, like, what kills people is heart disease, right? Yeah. Um, all but, right. Yeah, and all these measures, I think, are so misunderstood and, and uh, yeah. Okay. So before we wrap it up, I want to go through and see if we can together build a list of 10 potential foods that people can take away as being in the good category. All right. In, ter- <laughs> in terms of sort of like if we're bi- broad, broad brushstrokes. And so I think some good ones are eggs. Yeah, don't at me. Meat, eggs. Meat, cheese. Yeah, yeah, but no, but let's be more specific than meat. I don't, do I have to be more specific? Than yes, because there's different kinds. There's, so, ch- I mean. It, it, Name a meat I'll be against. So basically what we're doing is we're giving people examples of things to look out for in the supermarket. Mm-hmm. So that means when you go to the meat section, steak is good. Ground beef is good. Chick- yeah. Chicken is good. So here's the pork, amazing pork thing, is good. like amazing thing to know about meat. Typically the cheaper, like, like less desirable cuts of meat are the ones that you want to eat nutrient wise. Like is, that steak? Because, is that because they have more protein than fat generally? Not necessarily. Or a higher, higher Not necessarily. Percentage. I'm talking about nutrient density. Okay. So like, uh, a piece of steak, aside from like the fatty gristly part, like it is a very high protein cut usually. Um, like when you look at it, it's, it's usually muscle meat, right? Uh, the, the fat content varies because it depends on like which fat is included in it. And I know with steaks and stuff, sometimes the fattier cuts are more expensive. So I'm not really talking about macro. I'm talking about like nutrient density, right? Whereas the organ meats are going to be the highest nutrient density and those are the less desirable ones in, in you know, like polite American society. Um, so it is interesting. I do see that changing as mm-hmm. that knowledge gains steam and momentum. So, and that's ground beef having more of the goodness. I yeah, guess like it's I a, wish it's they blended, sold, blended goodness. I wish they sold meat at the supermarket. That was like ground beef mixed with 5% liver, mm. uh, 4% 
Well, and then the next product, because <laughs> like organ meat, <laughs> yeah. it, it is amazing how little you need to add for it to taste gross and affect yeah. the taste. So <laughs> yeah. it'd be like, you know, uh, here's a meat that's 96% uh, 80-20 beef and 4% eyeballs. Gallbladder. Like, it is interesting, though, like. If you look at primitive cultures, they prize those cuts of meat, like liver universally around the world in cultures that have never interacted with each other. There's like this this um, conserved uh, aspect of liver being prized and, and being like the head of the tribe gets the liver when you yeah. kill an animal and stuff like that, yeah. right? Because okay. it is that so, nutrient dense. Okay, so we got meat. That's a good one. So that means chicken, pork, beef, whether it's ground beef or steak. And there's other, there's flank steak, there's sirloin, there's T-bone. There's all, there's all kinds of those things. But basically sure. in the meat department, if you're eating a macro wise, you're good. If you're yeah. eating a meat thing and then eggs are good. Yeah. And then cheese. Yeah, I have no problem with, and, with che- and cheese and cheese is okay. Yeah. Go for it. What about nuts? Yeah. Nuts are generally good. Then, uh, you know, their, their value varies. I have another article on legendary about nuts, like mm-hmm. breaking down the, the macros of, of each one. Um, yeah, for the most part, you're fine with nuts. Okay. Yeah. So nuts are good. And we, there's, there's plain. not, yeah. So there's not, a, yeah, plain. So you don't want honey roasted, chocolate covered yeah, macadamia, chocolate nuts covered mac- yeah. And honey yeah. roasted cashews yeah. with sugar. Yeah. With nine grams the of problem sugar with prepackaged shit is they don't give a shit about you. It's, it's, it's really like drug dealing where it's like, I just want to make the product that people consume. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't give a shit about them. Right. Um, so it's sort of like, it's funny, I was like, because I know Ben and Jerry's had all this political stuff yesterday that everybody was like retweeting and championing. And, and I was like, yeah, I mean, they're nice people. You know, they have spent decades poisoning the world. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. They seem like nice guys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Um, and then if you're going to drink uh, soda, it has to be zero, zero, zero gram carbs. Oh, yeah. I guess we should close with this. So do you remember growing up, uh, you remember being told there was no free lunch in the universe, right? Yeah. There's no action without reaction. You can't just get something free and not have to pay for it, right? Like mm-hmm. there's no there's no zero calorie thing that tastes amazing. You know, it's just water yeah. and that's pretty much it, right? Diet soda is fucking incredible. Artificial <laughs> sweeteners to me are like we should be we should wake up every morning and like just thank whoever whatever deity you believe just in. Pour that, some that, erythritol on our tongues. Oh my is god, that what the it artificial is? sweeteners exist. <laughs> like amazing. It's like what if I told you I have a substitute for sugar, Hayden? It's zero calorie. It doesn't spike insulin, but it only tastes like 10% as sweet as sugar. Would you be into that? Absolutely. What if I told you it was a thousand <laughs> times as sweet as sugar? And yeah. It's fucking amazing. And like where you would use one gram of sugar, you use a tiny little, three little 10 spe- milligrams. <laughs> like yeah. it's, they're, they're, the molecules are fucking amazing. And there's so many of them. And there's... Um, you know, the, the synthesized chemicals mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are, you know, very few molecules, molecules more studied than most of these artificial sweeteners. I, mm-hmm. I would argue aspartame is one of the most studied molecules in the history of science. <laughs> like yep. it is amazing. Like, yep. and yet there's all this shit and, and it's sort of like, it's just these little these little catchphrases. Like I don't know I don't know who wins by us demonizing these molecules. Like you just don't get to have an awesome thing, right? Yeah. I think diet soda is amazing. Like okay. it, it, it's incredible, and it, okay. and I really do feel like it affects my satiety to some level. Like okay, you you can use artificial. I think artificial sweeteners are incredible, and I have absolutely no concerns. And if anybody wants to challenge me, like we can um, we can have that talk. 
Well, I'll just challenge you to this. I'll probably live longer than you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, with that, uh, I want to say thank you to you for answering these questions. This has, I think, been a really, sure, really sure. valuable part one yeah, conversation because there's I, a lot to unpack here. And I that's think the thing I that woke has, up halfway through that. <laughs> hey, it was great. It was great. I could feel I could feel you yeah, sitting up in your yeah. chair a little bit more and packing a little bit more heat, which I like. Um, so this is uh, either the whole or part one. We'll hopefully circle part back one on this. Of 70. Yeah, because yeah, here's the yeah. thing. As we talk about this, there's so much to unpack. And if we want to make it digestible and followable yeah. for our guests, we got to be we got to be prudent about pulling back, explaining fundamentals, assumptions, mm-hmm. precursors to the to where we go with the conversation. Yeah, I like your so. topic idea. It's fun. And we should be more contentious. We should have like advocates for different things well, I mean, come I'm, on and I'm, tell me why I'm wrong. Well, like, I, I just want to know what's right. Yep. <laughs> and, I, and I'm the listener's advocate in this one. It's my job to pull back and go, what does the the uh, the person that wants to learn more but doesn't know where to go what are the next baby steps for them to be able to learn and then build on or think about and then build on you just go straight to the liver is that what we learned straight to the liver meat this meat is good carbs are bad so yeah just basically if you're going to keep it as simple as yeah, if you try to, to avoid <laughs> carbs you when you're simplify. buying look at every single nutritional label in the supermarket and if it says carbs more than 1 or 2 grams per serving you you really don't want you yeah. really you really don't want to touch it and that's that's the disciplined life and that's in the, if you want to be in the twenty percent of people that are super in charge of their health and uh, the yeah, yeah that's I will, sort of what it looks like I will say this like nutrition consensus changes constantly um, I think carbohydrates have had their day in the sun mm-hmm. and I don't think it'll ever change you know I don't think you'll find any, any doctor recommending you eat more carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're a certain kind of athlete yep. and you want to, you know, there is some benefits to eating before, yep. I suppose. But uh, yeah, I, I think as a hard and fast rule, uh, that's fat and protein good. <laughs> that is, yep. You know, I hate simplifying shit, but sure, go with that. If you, if, you, if you need to go from not having any framework to a very simple framework that you can sure. say in yeah. one sentence, yeah. that's a good... I, it's I, better I, than meat bad. <laughs> yep, I, I agree that's a good place to go. So cool. uh, why awesome. don't you take us out and then uh, we'll look forward to the next one. Yep, this has been another episode of Deus Life, an aspirational podcast, and we'll see y'all next time. Peace. Peace.